Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman, and today I'm talking with Christy McCammon, who tells her touching story of spending most of her life being overweight and food-obsessed. Christy explains how she used food for every emotion. Sadness, joy, fear, excitement, happiness, boredom, you name it. Food was the answer for her. But it was a daily battle for her, including with her weight. And we'll get to our chat about how Christy found freedom from food obsession in just a minute. But first, I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about how to get rid of cravings, then I have plenty for you. Come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar, which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life, even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at netta underscore life after sugar. And you can also download my five tips to start getting rid of cravings. Look in the description in the show notes along with this episode and download your five tips today. All right, so today I'm speaking with Christy McCammon. And Christy, whereabouts are you in the world? I live in Texas. Okay, all right. And Christy, can you tell us a little bit about your background with food and sugar and your weight? Yes, um, I have kind of had a, a history and a lifetime of being overweight um, and food obsessed and just always trying different things to not be overweight and food obsessed. I just wanted to be normal. Um, that's a, a you know subjective term now looking back, but I just wanted to not have a problem. I didn't want to have a weight problem and I didn't want to think about food all the time. And every diet, everything I did made me more food obsessed because I was constantly thinking, how much can I have? How little I can have? What, you know, what, what am I going to do? What plan? And it wasn't until I was well, when I had my first baby, um, this was in 2002 and I was 30, I came across, I think at the time it was Overeaters Anonymous. And I thought, okay, abstinence, let's do that. Cause it just sounded like that was easier. And I did the, the concept of that and cut out sugar, but not flour. Now I cut out sugar and flour. Uh, but I thought that's a good thing. And then, um, that worked for a little bit, but I just don't think I was ready. So continue down the path of trying different things. And then it wasn't until I was 45 that I came across the food boundaries again, um, abstinence from sugar and flour and measuring meals and that whole concept. And I was desperate. I was 
absolutely just desperate. And in fact, the day that morning, I had prayed the most desperate prayer and said, Lord, there has got to be a solution to this because I'm a mess. I'm weak. I can't white knuckle it anymore. And came across food boundaries again. And I was so ready. I jumped in that rescue boat and I started paddling. I said, I know this isn't easy. It's not like just deliver. I never think about sugar and flour again, but I have the tools to live that kind of life. And I was so, so ready at that point. And I was able at that time to, within nine months, I lost almost a hundred pounds and took off the bulk of my excess weight very quickly. And my brain was quiet and I realized it's not about the weight. It's not about the weight. That was great. That was a secondary bonus, a big bonus, but it was just the structure for my brain to Hey, you're eating three times a day. This is what you're eating. You're going to weigh and measure it. And you're going to not eat sugar and flour. And it just simplified my life tremendously. Wow. Yes. Amazing. And can you tell me or tell us how you went from not ready to ready? I think part of what happened in 2002 when I first heard of boundaries was I really love the concept but I'm a, I'm a very strong Christian and I love the Lord and I have a very strong faith. And I was at a meeting and someone, I used the word God and someone said, Oh no, 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 you can't say that here. And it kind of threw me off a little bit. And so unfortunately I kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater, like, forget it, forget it. That's not my place. And then later getting to the place again with food boundaries, after I had just said, Lord, there is a solution. You have to lead me to a solution and I'll do whatever it takes. And that's when I felt like I was ready. I had understood before and I realized that I could intertwine my relationship with the Lord, my faith and boundaries because I was idolizing food most of my life. I was turning to food for comfort and I realized that that's an idol. And for me, that was a problem. Mm -hmm. And I had to get food back in its rightful place and my relationship with God back in its rightful place. And then it was just a place I was like, okay, I'm ready. And I've never in six years. So October 3rd, 2017 is the day, my first day of this new life. Now it has not been perfect. I will be clear. If anyone is looking for perfection, I am not the person for perfection. I've made mistakes. I've jumped off plan. I've experimented. Oh, maybe I can eat this now. I can't. And so, but in six and a half, well, six years, I have not once looked back and said, there's another plan. Let's try a new diet. I haven't dieted. I've simply said, these are my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I've known at that point, that's the answer. And that's how I'm going to live that lifestyle. I'm not going to diet. I'm not going to try this new thing. I'm living a lifestyle. Yes. Yes. It sounds very similar to bright line eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and Susan Pierce, yes. it was on my podcast a few weeks ago. Okay. Also to the, the, these boundaries of no sugar, no flour, no sweeteners. And she's like also no wisdom 
foods and fruit yes. and smoothies yeah <laughs> yep. um, mm-hmm. and weigh and measure your foods and eat three times a day is that yes. does that sound similar it's the same thing and bright line eating uses the original food addicts food boundaries and right. they started in the 60s with overeating overeaters anonymous and then the 80s food addicts and then susan uses those same ones those are the same boundaries that that i use um my area of difference is my faith and, you know, allowing kind of marrying those two things, but it's the same original food boundaries and they're amazing and they work. That's, that's why people use them because they work for an, an addict's brain an addictive piece. And I absolutely love that. And that's where I came across the boundaries again, realizing, okay, here's, here's my sign that these are the boundaries I need to live the rest of my life. Yes. Yes. It's, a huge mindset shift not just to accept that you know we not I personally but food addicts need these specific boundaries whereas there's a whole lot of other people that don't so that's a huge mindset shift I would imagine for you to say look uh, it's I need this it's not fair. Let's face it. It's not fair for you to need that. And let's say for me not to, I I mean, it would be counterproductive for me to weigh and measure my food and eat three times a day because I do intermittent fasting, but it, that's not the point. The point is not, you know, the difference between us. The point is the similarities between us. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Works for you works for you. And really, you know, what else, do you want and how long did it take you to sort of make this mindset shift from no 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 that can't be the answer for me to this is the only answer for me yes well my original time coming across boundaries I thought this is the answer but I just clearly I wasn't committed to it because I I dropped it easily way easier than I should have And then in 2017, coming across the concept again and really studying where it came from, um, you know, from the 60s and just understanding, okay, these boundaries are in place for people who have that sort of brain that doesn't shut off, Um, the brain that can't moderate. I could not moderate. And so when I realized, so October 3rd, 2017 is when I said enough is enough. I surrender and I committed my food to God. I said, okay, I've committed all these things in my life and, you know, ministry, all the things that I do, but I've kind of held on to my food. I didn't want to let go because I had used it for comfort for so long. I knew it was going to be hard. So on day one, my mindset was, this is the answer. Let's go. It's going to stink. It's going to be hard. There's going to be a detox, but I trudged through and I never, I never looked back at that point. Like I said, it's not been perfect, but I haven't looked back like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. And what I work with people now on one of the big things that people do not expect when doing this is there is a literal grieving process that has to take place or you will never get through it. And the grieving process, that first 30 days, I really, I I cried for 30 days, I feel like, because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm really anxious about, I'm going to go drive through and get this thing. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to cry. I'm going to sit here and work through it. And so those feelings that used to rise up, I would stuff them with, you know, French fries and 
shakes and ice cream and cookies and you name it. I had my thing. And most people who struggle in this area have their drug of choice, their food of choice that they use when they're anxious or sad. And so the first 30 days I cried, I grieved. I remember sitting at a restaurant one time and they brought rolls to the table and I sat there and I started to cry. I thought I would usually eat. They bring free rolls. I would usually eat as much as I could and it was fine. And I would, I sat there and I ate my salad. I, made, I think I had a beautiful salmon and veggies. It was wonderful. But the moment when those rolls set down, I was like, ah, so I think it's so important to realize if we've befriended food beyond what we should have, like food should be our sustenance, right? But if we've used it um, for comfort and it's been our friend, our love, everything, we have to mourn that. I had to let go. I had to say, you are harming me way more than helping me. And I have to say goodbye. I wrote letters. I journaled. I cried. And so I always say, when you first go down this road, if you've used food as an idol um, and comfort, you're going to have to cry and let those feelings out. Because if you stuff it, they're going to stay there forever until you let them out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I asked my participants in my program as well to write a goodbye letter to sugar, like a breakup letter, but not acrimonious and bitchy and get out of my life, you poison, but rather like almost like a love letter to recognize all the good that sugar and these foods have given us in the past, mm -hmm. even though some of the... I mean, a lot of the good is actually a kick in the backside. <laughs> I'm trying to, to be polite, you know, because we think it's comfort, but it's causing discomfort. Yes. And we think it's good, but it's actually causing a lot of harm to us. But that kind of love-hate relationship that we have with these foods, sugar especially, is really difficult to let go of. And um, even though I'm not faith-based like you are, I I'm very familiar with the concept of forgiveness and I'm wondering how it was for you to let go of, for example, the comfort that you got from food and to find it in your faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to find it in other ways. And I, I grew up using food for comfort. We had some trauma in our childhood and we use food for comfort since my whole life, all I can remember. And I had to be willing, just like you say, to say, thank you for comforting me. Thank you for helping me get through those moments, but I'm okay now. I, I'm a big girl now and I need to <laughs> move beyond this. Now, I, like I said, I would have loved to do this in my twenties or thirties, but apparently I wasn't a big girl to handle it till I was 45, but that's okay. It comes when it comes and we're ready. So I did in those moments realize um, that, you know, I could white knuckle it for a little while, for sure. But at some point I get to the end of myself. And so that's where I would dip into the food, the ice cream, the things. So of course I tried to preserve my environment and keep those things away. Um, I had teenagers, so we had a whole system of they had their own spaces if they ever brought anything home. Um, and there was nothing I would just see immediately. But what I had to do was dig deep and I had to surrender and I had to speak and talk to God and say, I need this, right? I'm, I'm so anxious about this situation. 
Um, anxiety is a big one for, for women. I mean, we're handling so much and it's easy to get nervous, anxious, intrusive thoughts. And thought this thing would usually calm the moment. Now it created a big problem, but it would calm the moment. And so I had to pause. Um, My favorite mantra that I came up with is stop, pray, walk away. Because I had to create some space for myself. Because normally, as soon as I had the thought, boom, I was in the food. So I had to just give myself 10 seconds. That's really all we need to kind of get away and take a few deep breaths. And then we can make the next right choice. And often that the next right choice was, okay, Lord, what would you have me do? I have to surrender this to you. I want it. And I spoke truth. I want this so bad right now, but I'm not going to do that. And so God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I had to acknowledge that I am weak. I will fail every time I think I won't and that I can do it on my own. And and I, I, I couldn't. So drawing near to him and just trusting that there is strength available that when I'm tapped and I'm at my end, there's a, there's a whole nother layer. That's amazing. Yes. Amazing. And what did you end up replacing those foods with? I didn't. I basically didn't. I cut out sugar, flour, sweeteners, and peep. This is the thing people say, well, what do you eat? Well, you know what? The fact is God gave us so much amazing food meats, and even if you're plant-based, legumes, nuts, amazing stuff, right? In the terms of protein, um, cheese, milk, yogurt, and then, you know, the vegetables. There are so many varieties of vegetables, fruits, fats, and and grains. So I do eat grains such as on the food planets, rice, potatoes, um, Ezekiel bread, which is a sprouted grain bread. Uh, Triscuits are actually on the plan because they're just wheat. They're not ground into flour um, because obviously the processed things. So are the problem is the processed things. So I didn't replace them with anything. You know, Um, I do have, I can make different uh, muffins for breakfast with just banana oats and egg and blueberries and vanilla. I mean, it's really amazing what you can do. So it's not that I don't have anything sweet, but anything sweet comes from fruit. Yeah. Yes, I get that. Totally, totally. I just want to take a quick break to say that if this is your first time here, then welcome and thank you for listening to this podcast. And whether you're new or a regular and you haven't yet rated or reviewed this podcast, could I ask you to scroll down and tap on the stars to rate this podcast and also to write a short review to let me know how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. I love reading your reviews. And when you rate and review this podcast, not only does it encourage me to continue making new episodes, but it also helps to share this podcast and have more people see it so that we can help more people feel better and lose weight with less sugar. So again, thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast and for spreading the word about sugar. And again, you know, what works for you works for you. And really keep your eyes on your own plate, is what they say. 
yep <laughs> this you know I totally even though we don't eat exactly the same way and we're not expecting to eat exactly the same way right I totally get this what you're saying about this peace that you experience and I think you were talking about how your brain is quiet yeah. can you like did you ever even imagine that that such a thing was possible no a hundred percent no I literally jumped into this to get this weight off to lose excess weight I had no idea that within a few weeks and a month and and now um, but I had no idea there was such a thing as I eat and then I wait for a meal and I have this space in my brain and that's that's when I started writing and you know doing some coaching and and blogs and videos because I had all this free space because prior to that literally I would say 90% of my free space in my brain now I'm very busy and all that I do with my kids and homeschooling and working with my husband and stuff like that it wasn't that there was this massive amount of free space sitting around but every time there was it was how am I going to lose this weight? What am I going to do? What am I going to eat? What's this diet plan? Maybe I should exercise. Oh, I want to go drive through and get this constantly full. And as soon as I would eat sugar or flour or something like that, it was fireworks and I couldn't shut it off. So I did not have any idea that this was possible. In fact, I created a graphic at one point because I thought, you know, I was posting these you know, weight loss side by sides. And that's great. You know, um, I wasn't going after that. I'm not, you know, I wasn't going after skinny. I was just going after healthy yeah. and quiet. And then I realized I don't want people to just see that. So I created a graphic of two brains, two he pictures of heads with the noises and the words that were in my addicted, you know, food obsessed head. And then the other one is just empty and calm quiet and confident and no i had no idea and so i tell that's what i try and tell everyone is the quiet brain is the benefit weight loss great that will happen and it regardless regardless if weight loss happens or not because there's other factors at play on that the quiet brain i would take it any day of the week because there's free space it's not obsession and fast and desperate and loud and crazy it's just calm and lovely yes totally totally get that absolutely and yes when we're focused on weight loss nothing else matters and right. yet everything else actually does matter exactly not saying that weight doesn't but you know it does even the weight loss itself becomes obsessive yes absolutely absolutely and we don't have that's what i one of the things i try and share too is we don't have control exactly what our weight does we don't have control over that. What I have to do is I have to eat my three meals. So for me, it's three meals and I measure them, no sugar, no flour and time in God's word every day. That's what I'm responsible for. And doing those things, sure, maybe my weight will drop and it did drop quite a bit. And then it, you know, maintained for a long time, drop a little more. And then I had, uh, during COVID, it was interesting because I had a, um, I had a lung issue when I had COVID and I had to have massive amounts of steroids because I had some kind of air pocket in between my lungs. Oh. My job, I, I ended up gaining like 25 pounds within a month 
because of these heavy steroids and medications. Mm -hmm. And I told myself this is terrible. Oh my gosh. And I said, wait a sec. I have no control over that. But what I, what I'm doing is my three meals a day. I'm doing all the things, whatever happens, happens. I can only do my part in that. And I, I was so cautious to not get upset and obsessed about the number on the scale, because I said, I'm doing what I know is right. And everything will work itself out. So in working with, you know, women who are in the middle of menopause or um, dealing with medical things, the quiet brain is enough. It's enough to make this great, amazing decision that none is better and easier than one. Totally. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I say often zero is freedom for most of us that are in this space. And, you know, the, the sort of the general belief, let's say, um, in society is everything in moderation. Yes. And the truth is that some of us can't moderate for certain right. types of foods, especially those foods that are specifically engineered for us not to be able to moderate them. So it's, it's not just weakness on our part. I mean, these foods that we cannot moderate and actually at the end of the day, not really foods. You know? You're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're up against multi-million dollar companies who know about how the brain responds to certain types of stimuli and foods way more than we do as just sort of moms and consumers you know yes so we're up against these odds it, it really isn't fair agreed agreed <laughs> yeah and I mean so many of the the slogans of these food companies are you can't eat just one try it you'll fail like you're right. We're up against something real big out of our control. And it's, it's not our fault. It is not our fault that we have become unable to stop eating that chip or that thing. I used to buy my kids goldfish crackers thinking this is so healthy. This is so much healthier. And before I really looked into what was in food and stuff. And then I realized that is no different. And there's addictive properties in that food to make you eat more. And yep. I always wondered, why can't I, I'll have a few and then I would eat a ton. Like it's just supposed to be this healthy little thing. No, it's not even food, as you say. It's yes. not. Yes. And this type of um, addictive behavior or cravings has been normalized by the food industries uh, and I would say also even by nutritionists, not obviously not 100% of them, but you know, the accepted wisdom, as it were, is that, you know, just eat a, ha a small handful or a small bowl. And mm -hmm. then we feel like we're broken mm -hmm. because we can't. And it's like a vicious cycle. And really for us, the way to get off of this vicious cycle is with zero. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's right. Where, yeah, that's what you've experienced as well, right? Yes. I, yes, because I spent the bulk of my life trying to moderate. I remember one program, you know, there's a cheat day, which is common among people. That's a common thing. Saturday nights from six o'clock to seven o'clock, I could eat whatever I wanted. That was the cheat hour. Some people have a cheat day. And I remember thinking, okay, my first week of doing this. All right. What it, it was a full blown binge. I was sick as heck. Then the next day I wanted more because all those things were in my system. 
And then all I did all week was think about what am I going to put in that hour? Well, that's not freedom. There was no point at all. And what people think is how do you go to a wedding and not have cake? If you didn't go, if you don't eat the cake at a wedding, then why go? And I'm thinking, I, I, I will say when I first started this, I had questions like that too. I'm not discounting that question, but now from my perspective, I think the wedding, I mean, dancing, looking at your little children's faces, watching love happen, seeing relatives, like the cake is nothing, but we have been so, um, whatever. Yes. Thank you. I knew it was, yes. We've been so conditioned to think that if we don't have that coffee drink or that cake or that thing, then we are missing out. And I tell people the only thing I'm missing out on is inflammation, food thoughts, excessive mental chatter. That's what I'm missing out on. And I'll take that any day over missing out on the cake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It's a huge mindset shift. And I remember also having that and thinking to myself at one point, huh, let's see how much fun you can have, Netta, at this, you know, event, party, dinner without these types of foods because bottom line for myself at least it was like at some point I realized hey if I can't have fun without these types of foods then it's not about the foods it's about my life and how I relate to my life yeah and not needing those foods to have fun was so liberating yes I agree yeah and yet it seemed before I actually experienced that, and you may also have this experience, before I experienced that type of freedom, it seemed that there would be just sadness and, you know, and and like, it just seemed like a dull, joyless life ahead of me. Yeah, I I thought that too. I just thought, I I knew it was the answer, but I thought, okay, there's going to be this space and I thought, I didn't know how long it was going to last, but I thought, yeah, it, this just joyless, I don't go get these things and have this, you know, really dopamine hits of food all the time. And then I realized it was about 30 days that I kind of grieved and struggled with that. And then it was like, boom, the world just opened up and I didn't have that. So, you know, our body craves what we feed it. And when you stop feeding it sugar and flour, it stops demanding that. Like it is loud and demanding when you're in the food, then it gets quieter. The ask gets a bit quieter. And then now there's no physical cravings for me. And that within four, within a couple months, there's no physical cravings. It's all emotional cravings. Uh, Oh my gosh, look at that place. I used to go and get this thing. I would love to go do that. Or you're sad and you're tempted there's going to be temptation. There's going to be emotional cravings, but they're much more manageable than the loud demanding cravings when you're stuck in the food and can't get out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I often say that it takes the brain way longer to catch up to the body. The body gets used to no sugar, no flour, no sweeteners pretty much in no time, you know, in just a question of weeks, but the brain and our memories and that emotional connection it can yeah. take months. Really. Yes. Yes. And it's always, I do think, because people will ask me, will it get better? Like, will I stop having those cravings? And I say, yes, the, the physical cravings and most of the emotional cravings. 
But even five years or six years into this, there are times where something comes up in my brain or that I see a certain food or I think have a certain memory. I think, oh, and then I, I work through it. But I think that that won't ever 100% go away. There's going to be holidays or things that, oh my gosh, that is only made on this day of the year. That would be so nice to have that. Now it's rare. It's not very often I have those, but they still kind of pop up. And so I always want to be on guard for whatever's ahead. And so putting in my tools into place, planning my meals, not just eating on the fly. I try and make sure that I'm prepped and I know what it is I'm planning to eat. So I don't wear myself down and get my willpower down to the base and then make a bad decision. You know, I need to be resetting my willpower throughout the day. Um, So when I do have that emotional craving or that stressful moment, I'm not just reaching in for something to solve it. Very, yes, very wise and and very wise to know, you know, they say know thyself and know how you react. And I often say that real life carries on whether or not you eat sugar. So even though we were both sugar free, there was still a pandemic that happened. (laughs) You know, you're not going to stop life from happening and triggers will be there. But um, am I accurate in saying that now you have more tools to deal with the triggers. Absolutely. My only tool of choice before was just eating. Just, okay, let me just solve this. Let's, I don't like this feeling. Let's just make it go away and eat. And I did, that's the tool. And then now definitely, you know, I plan my meals ahead of time. I have an emergency food kit that I keep in my car right now in Texas. It's way hot. I don't keep it in my car. Um, but I have, you know, take food with me, cans that I could eat if I was in a pinch or had a flat tire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a group of people, I have a mastermind group who I connect with weekly and we talk about these things. I make commitments weekly with my mastermind group. I'm in God's word daily. And that's a big thing for me um, and praying daily. Um, you know, so many tools that help that not necessarily in the moment, of, okay, I got to grab this thing, but I'm putting, and then meditation. I don't, uh, not the concept of meditation in terms of emptying my mind, but meditation in terms of filling my mind with God's word. So meditating on God's word. And in doing that, you become a person who can deal with the feelings and the overwhelm. So learning the tools of getting away five deep breaths. Well, I never took five deep breaths before. I just, okay, let's just jump on in. Now I take those deep breaths and it just gives enough space for the next best choice. And that's a huge tool is five deep breaths. If someone instituted one tool, I would say that's a big one. Whether, whatever it is you struggle with, five deep breaths just pulls you back enough to see a little more clear. Yeah, wonderful advice. Yes, totally. We do live in a kind of, rhythm or you know speed of life where goodness me we don't even have time for five deep breaths you know we feel like we don't but of course right. yeah slowing down is one of the key factors i found as well not just for cravings but just for like stress in general and life in general yeah. so great advice there thank you ah oh, it's been great talking to you thank you christy thank you for having me You're very welcome. You're very inspiring. Thank you. So are you. (laughs) All right.
See you soon. Well, what an inspiring conversation with Christy. And you may be able to relate to this food obsession that she used to have and that she's found freedom from. And whether like Christy, you're faith-based, or like me and you're not, or anything in between, that relationship you have with food, and especially that love-hate relationship with sugar, well, that's something that could be making you suffer. And that's something I can help you feel free from in the 90-day program Freedom from Cravings Formula. I call it a formula because I lead you through five steps that I've developed over my eight years of living a craving-free life. And over a period of 90 days, you'll get guidance and personalized support from me in a small group setting so that you can get rid of your cravings, slim down and finally feel in control around food. No more food obsession. You'll learn how to enjoy your food without craving it and without being obsessed about where your next snack is coming from. For some people like Christy, they need to eat three times a day and weigh and measure their food. And for others, like me and maybe you, guidance is what they need to find their own definition of freedom from cravings and freedom from food obsession. And if you're a woman over 50 and you want to eat healthy, but you get derailed by cravings whenever you're tired or stressed or emotional or bored, or when you're on vacation or at a social event or when you have company. And if you don't seem to be able to lose those extra pounds like you used to in your 30s and 40s, and you've tried all the diets, even intermittent fasting, but you're still struggling to be consistent, well, I'm here to help. And the Freedom From Cravings Formula 90-Day Program is for you. All you need to do to sign up is to go to aftersugarclub.com and schedule a clarity call with me at no cost to see if the program is a good fit for you. You can also find the link in the show notes along with this episode. Go to aftersugarclub.com and schedule your free clarity call with me to see if the Freedom From Cravings formula is the right fit for you. See you soon. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.